0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is officially training camp time. The first week of camp is in the books. Welcome back to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin Appel and Miles Rukka here. Miles, how are we feeling after the first week of training camp? There's a lot to catch up on today, so I'm excited to to do all that. It's been a week since we've last caught up. How you doing, man?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm doing great, man. We got a lot of storylines, a lot of a lot of guys that have really been showing out so far in camp. Uh, I feel like this is the storyline every year, though, is you know, everything just looks so perfect in camp, and then you know, shit happens out on the field, as us Chargers fans all know. So, but nonetheless, football is back in some capacity. We're finally, you know, we're getting videos of Justin Herbert throwing the ball to some new toys of his, and. You know some some defense some defensive plays going on, especially in the defensive backfield. But uh, we will get to those. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this, man. How you been up to? Or what have you been up to? And how are you doing?
0: Not much, man. Just following along pretty much every day with training camp. Um, you know, it's it's been pretty positive for the most part. Uh, you know, super exciting. I feel like it's just that time of year where I'm so like itching for. Any sort of football news and action that um, I just find myself scrolling Twitter or ex- excuse me uh, X nowadays
1: have not got the update yet just because I want to keep it Dude, Twitter for phones, long so as long as possible it, like,
0: automatically and it's so weird I I don't know how I feel about it
1: I don't I'm not gonna do it man I like my I like my blue Twitter screen button so I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna wait as long as possible Yeah I I, I
0: think. I don't know how mine did it, but anyways, yeah, I've been basically scrolling. I'm still going to call it Twitter. Fuck it.
1: Please call it Twitter.
0: I'm, I've been scrolling Twitter. Just basically. Yeah. Munching on every, every Quentin Johnson highlight, every Justin Herbert throw um, every Daniel Popper tweet. So uh, just consuming all that good stuff and, and super excited to talk about pretty much the first week of camp now that now that that's
1: in the books. Yeah, dude, for sure. Um, like I mentioned, um, yeah, we've been getting a lot of videos. I, I wish that like, I wish there was some way that you could live stream camp. I know that's not a thing. Hopefully we'll be in the future. Um, but that, that would definitely be something I would hundred percent tap into if that was a thing.
0: Dude. Yeah. Especially if someone invested in like a decent setup where it's not too obnoxious, where you can like, record video and it's not gonna like make a scene um but it's also not someone with like a nokia flip phone
1: yeah up in the stance, sure. you know yeah
0: um but yeah no i i totally would would subscribe for some of that content
1: give me like uh, an all give me like an all 22 angle of training camp please if that can be a ooh, thing oh yeah dude that ooh. would be that'd,
0: that'd be sick. so sick need so that be something that like maybe oh dude if they added that to some to like NFL network or uh, do you pay for like the NFL app?
1: No. Well, us as a household, uh, we just pay for red zone and then I watch all my chargers games on like pirated ass websites. If you know, you know, um, but yeah, so we pay for red zone and then that's about it. So yeah,
0: luckily there are some pretty good, uh, sites out there, some good streaming sites that, are honestly pretty good quality every now and then i'll have an issue with one of them but there's like two or three in my my
1: rolodex you know they just they get the job done i've actually started especially like primetime games if i'm out and about doing something like there's dudes that will like live stream it on tiktok and you can just watch like they'll just record their tv and live stream on tiktok and you can just watch the game as we shut down Uh, not the ones that I've seen. I think they might, they might have like a certain lifespan. Like maybe you get through like a quarter of action and then somebody comes in and ruins the fun. But I don't know, man, I, I I have, I have resorted to that not for Chargers football necessarily, but I have resorted to that, um, in the past for other sporting events. So the options the options are available even here in Nebraska to, to get our chargers action in sight. So yeah, good stuff, man. Well, before we before we dive into
0: the content, um I know you don't have a drink because you dropped the ball again, but I just wanted to throw out there. I that. drank it all. There you go. I'm sipping on a, a margarita here, so I'm feeling good. I'm
1: I'm nice and loose.
0: I'm ready to all talk right, some I'm ball,
1: staying hydrated with some water. So, but I'm I'm just as much wanting to talk ball as a man with a margarita in a system, so let's get to it.
0: Let's do it, man. Um First things first, since we just got the latest uh, installment of the NFL Top 100, breaking news, Justin Herbert lands at, what'd you say, number 32? 32, 32. 32 on the NFL Top 100. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we hopped on, but just wanted to get your your take now for for the audience as well, but... Is that too high or too low for, for Justin Herbert going into to year four and coming off the year that he had last year?
1: So the thing with NFL top 100 is you need to look at not just the ranks, but like the people that are around you. And you and I had a big discussion about how Jalen Hurts is not yet on the list. So, and it would probably be blasphemy if he was left off the top 100 as he did lead his team to the Super Bowl. But does that mean that a guy like that should be put ahead of Herbert just due to, you know, the accolades on the field. I don't think so. So 32, 32, I don't even think 32 is necessarily a bad number, just with how disrespected it seems Justin Herbert gets in the media. Thank God, not by players or coaches, though. They know how legit that dude is. But yeah, I don't know. 32 seems okay. Um, Seems respectable, but there's definitely going to be some people above him that are going to be some head scratchers.
0: (laughs) I am right there with you. I think it's a respectable range for him, especially considering the year that he had last year, you know, being hurt, um, dealing with, with those issues, uh, his shoulder, obviously his ribs bothered him for a majority of the season. And literally
1: uh, everybody around him being on like, and crutches, uh, so
0: yes, on, on the IR. Um, so it, yeah, it, it's, I think it's a respectable number and I'm, Honestly, one of the things I'm excited for most this Chargers season is not just the wins and losses, and to find out where we where we stand at the end of the season, but it's honestly just to see to watch the the progression of of Justin Herbert just go to another level. Um, he's healthy, he's got his contract taken care of, which I think is huge. Not just only for his mental and his own psyche. I, I think we've already seen. Kind of some of those immediate, uh, you know, I guess shock waves of that deal. You know, he he's he seems a little bit more kind of like he's taking more ownership of this team. You know, now that he knows he's going to be here for the for the long haul, he's always wanted to be here, is what he said. Um, so I, I really think that's going to translate to a different Justin that you see maybe on the field this year, one that we haven't seen yet one that's, you know, full ownership of his offense. It, it's his show. He's going to dictate. He's going to have the last say because he's the one snapping the ball. So that's uh, that's a good thing. So I'm, I'm really just excited to see the level of production that he puts out this year because, I mean, it, with the weapons that he has this year, if they can stay healthy, which I know that's the case every year, if they can stay healthy, uh, I just think it's going to be, it's uh, over the charts.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could argue, I mean, he's coming off his worst year last season and still through for, you know, 4,700 yards, 25 touchdowns compared to 10 interceptions. And, uh, you know, you, you think to yourself, like those are just pretty, like that's a pretty decent year for QB, honestly, but for Justin Herbert standards, that is, that's lackluster. And, you know, now you look at the new OC that we brought over. We look at the new, the new weapon, especially in Quentin Johnston that we added to the roster. and, this was a roster that was absolutely decimated on the offensive side of the ball last well, offense and defensive side of the ball. But especially, you know, when our leading receivers in like critical games last year was Joshua Palmer and, you know, Deandre Carter, you know, that's, that's, that's very concerning. But the thing that I love most about Justin is it's, it's just, it's, he's got that clutch gene. You know, I know a lot of people can come up with, all these excuses about the playoff loss, but you look at like the throw that he made against Kansas city on that last drive with the, with the busted ribs, another one that he made to Keenan on the far, far side in that game in LA to really go down and end up really putting, putting us in an opportunity to win that game. You know, the throw to Keenan against the Raiders last year, just God, this, this dude just puts the ball in these windows that are so unrealistic that it, it, it doesn't really make sense to me, but he's just that good. And like you said, he's going into his contract. Well, he, he's going into his first year. Well, you know, his contract won't be going on this year, but uh, after getting that massive bag for himself, I think he really wants to go out there and prove himself to the league and everybody. So 32, that's fine for now, but top 10 next year.
0: Oh, I I think there's a big number, a big low digit coming next year around this time when the the list is revealed for Justin Herbert. Um the only double
1: digit for Herbert next year is ninety nine and that is on Madden. So I like it. There you go. Um yeah so
0: other news as far as the NFL top one hundred, I, I believe Khalil Mack uh he came in today as well at number forty. Thirty eight. Or thirty-eight. Excuse me. Forty's close enough. Round up, you know. 40, 38, which is still a very respectable number for Khalil, a guy that's getting older, a guy that not too long ago was in the single digits on this list. Um, so you know, it's still a great number for him. I, I think he's prime for a big season as well. I don't think we saw his full potential, um, in a, in a uniform last in a Bulls uniform last year. So excited to to see that as well. And then the other Chargers. Uh, if you're not aware yet, that have. Made an appearance on the NFL Top 100 this year. Uh, I believe Joey Bosa was number 70, and I believe Eric Kendricks was number. Help me out
1: here. Let's. I want to throw out a number. I want to see how close you get. 85, 93, 93. So. 93. Those are the other bolts
0: to to make an appearance on the NFL Top 100. I believe we'll probably have one more. Uh, We'll see where Mr. Derwin James falls but yeah always fun to kind of keep an eye on on that list and um you know just kind of see wherever everybody falls so but let's talk camp man there's been a lot that's gone down since we've last recorded which was just a week ago um every practice every scrimmage every seven on seven eleven on eleven has gone down uh, in between um you know then and now so i wanted to start with our defense because we didn't really have time to kind of preview the defense on our last episode. And um, a lot has happened on the side of the ball just in the first four or five days of practice. So I think the biggest news, man, and something that we kind of talked about last week, and we were just kind of a a day short of, of really knowing more information on it, but uh, J.C. Jackson, he is back. This is huge news for, for the bolts. Um, many people for a long, for a decent uh, length of time did not believe he was going to be back for quite some time into, into the season and for him to be back pretty much on day one of camp. And now they are ramping him back up. Brandon Staley did say, Hey, he's, you know, we're going to take it easy. We're going to make sure he, you know, he gets ramped up in a, in a manner that is going to, you know, have him ready uh, to go week one. So, Huge news though. You know, he's he's uh he's out there. I think he's got pads on now, but um, you know, he's he's pretty much been like one day on, one day off at this point, or now it's kind of I think it's transitioning from like a one one session on, one session off. So whether he whether or not he does seven on seven or eleven on elevenths, he's usually doing one or the other. Um so just kind of ramping him up, but uh he's he's made some plays already. He had a big Big pass breakup, I believe, maybe on the first day of practice uh, against Keenan Allen. So already making his presence felt, and it's just, man, it's good to see him back on the field.
1: Yeah, as the Charger social media team said, J.C. Baxson pretty much. Uh, just an insane turnaround for what honestly looked like it could have been a career-ending injury, I know, especially in where he was kind of at in uh, his career. You know, it's not like he's a rookie coming into the first day of ball, uh, to see an injury like that go down, you know, is never a good sign. Um, but really, I think what we need to focus on now, now, as long as he can stay healthy is his play on the field. Obviously he was a massive, massive red flag out there, uh, when he was healthy last year, uh, just was simply not good in the games in which he played last year. But, you know, he was dealing with some injuries through camp. He missed, he missed a lot of time ankle um yeah exactly he was he's his lower half of his body has just been really really banged up over the last year so you know he missed some camp i I really think another year in this in staley system for him and to be able to be healthy through camp and work his way work his way from now until the start of the year I i think i can expect some big things from him hopefully this year to really turn it around look this is such a huge
0: uh, component to this defense. I, I think we all probably would agree that, um, you know, the run, the run defense uh, for this defense, the last couple of years has not been stout. Uh, it's been a weakness. And, you know, at times as top heavy as this roster is, it feels like there's been holes on the, on the defensive side. Um, and having JC go down last year, I, I believe in like week seven, just, I mean, we got some superb play from Michael Davis down the stretch. So, you know, that, that was a silver lining and all of that, but uh, it just goes to show you that, I mean, even though this league is so next man up mentality, like just having that, ha- having a guy be able to stay healthy and be on the field, uh, for all of, if not majority of the season, just to have that presence there is, is so huge just in itself, um, you know, he changes the way that offense, offenses have to look at and attack this defense if he's on the field. And, you know, Michael Davis, he's, uh, he's you know, one of my favorite guys on the roster. He's a fan favorite for me. Um, he's, he's a solid depth piece. If he's your CB3, CB4, depending on the package that you're in, um, that puts you in a really good position to do some other things. Um, to affect the offense. And uh, I really hope he can get, ba- get back to hundred percent. I think he's really close. It sounds like, but I also hope he can thrive in this system. Cause I think that's still something that, like you said, I mean, that's, you, you brought up a great point, you know, everyone's so excited for him to be back just because we've missed him so much with, with his absence that we kind of forget the quality of play that he was at last year. And now I know, like you said, there's been, there's some factors for that and you're totally right. Like injuries, you know, nagging issues. He he was definitely dealing with all that stuff. Um, But I would just love to see him like take off in this, in this scheme, in this system and you show us why we invested $80 million into him.
1: Yeah. And I I think if anybody's going to be able to get the most out of him, it's Brandon Staley. Um, You know, there's there's a reason why Brandon Staley brought, you know, the guys like Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, all these dudes that are familiar with his system or at least have run a similar system like JC Jackson is because he knows that that's what's going to work for this defense. You know, he wanted to really put the blueprints on this defense and make sure that he gets the players that are going to fit the required needs for this type of defense. So, you know, if. As long as we can trust that Staley at least knows what he's doing, at least knows the kind of pieces he needs on this defense, then I think that it would be a fair assumption to say that there's a good chance that JC Jackson can have a massive breakout year this year.
0: I hope so, man. I hope so. It would be huge for this defense and just huge for this team uh, going going down the road. So, other defensive backs. Um, since we're on the the, the DBs, uh, you know, I wanted to highlight some really, some early, I guess, some emerging talent so far in camp that have been some really nice surprises so far. Uh, First guy is Jasir Taylor. You know, this guy is, he's being asked to step up and be in a much bigger role than he was last year. Um, You know, Brandon Staley said, uh, like, he's right now going going into camp. It's his job to lose, um, to be that starting uh, star player, is what Staley calls it. Uh, basically in the slot, um, so to be that sl- starting slot corner on this defense, I mean he's he's the guy right now. So um, and and he's responded well. You know he's he's made some good plays. Uh, he made some noise on Monday. He had three good plays yesterday um, in in coverage against Justin Herbert. And so you just love to see those year two, year three players continue to take another step. And, you know, you never want a guy to be a bust. You never want a guy just to to never pan out. Um, Even if they're more of a project and it takes them a little bit longer to kind of get to where they need to be, it can still be a good investment. You know, I think there's plenty of good examples. You know, one guy being Trey Pipkins. You know, that guy was almost, I mean, he basically was like left for dead uh, by a lot of fans. Just kind of like cast it off as this failed project. Never going to work. You know, Telesco missed on that one. And now, give it a year, year and a half later, he's our starting right tackle, and everyone's freaking out that he's already injured. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just funny. You know, there's other guys. like I always think of um, another fellow former defensive back for the Chargers, Rashawn Jenkins.
1: Or Rashawn Jenkins, I'm sorry,
0: not Rashawn. Well, I was close, close
1: enough, man. I, I would have given it to you, so.
0: But, I mean, he was a guy that, you know, first couple of years, he was kind of just a a depth piece, more of a special teams guy, and then all of a sudden you see him take this massive step forward and he's a huge part of Gus Bradley's defense. So, um, yeah, Jasir Taylor, love to see him taking the next step forward. Same with Dean Leonard. Dean Leonard uh, was kind of the player of the day yesterday. I mean, Popper pretty much centered the the headline and the you know the the money section of that article on Dean Leonard which I personally loved. I really enjoyed that. Um, I think of these two young defensive backs that we uh, drafted last year, Jasir Taylor definitely uh, got more of the love last year and, and more of the opportunities but it's just nice to see another young second third year player uh take a step up he had five pass breakups yesterday
1: on, on seven, seven targets. targets which is crazy yeah i'm looking at the article right now i'm, I'm actually really it's funny you brought that out because i'm literally going back through it right now but yeah five pass up five pass breakups on seven targets uh granted not all of these reps were from justin herbert you know a few of them were from easton stick or max duggan but um Yep. there were a few that were Herbert to that he would Leonard would was able to break up in the end zone, um, and just like the seven breakups or excuse me five breakups on seven targets is insane accuracy if you really think about it. Like you yeah. never you never see that in you know like a real NFL game, but really good things coming from Dean Leonard so far in practice it was kind of a name that I feel like Jasir Taylor you know being. Both of them were the two last rounds, both being cornerback picks. I feel like Dean Leonard's name kind of fell off the face of the earth after, you know, Jasir Taylor kind of has started to stand out for a lot of people. So it's really nice. Let's not forget his Monday night heroics against Denver. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Let's
0: force that, that muff punt that set up a game winner for us
1: guy you just love forcing muffed punts because muffed punts are always (laughs) forced but yeah no shout out shout out dean leonard for that play uh he probably like he he probably scared him or something when he was running by but yeah i'm really i'm just really happy dude imagine if we have a sixth and a seventh round db in the same draft and they both break out like that's that's unheard of yeah that i mean the value there would
0: be insane um and like it's it's camp. We're gonna to overreact to these, uh, these notes. Obviously, um, like he said, you know, it's important to point out, you know, two of the quarterbacks so that you know he made some of those plays on, being Easton Stick and Max Duggan. Um, not to take that away from Dean Leonard at all, but you know, it's it's different when, you know, these guys are going to be in the game in November, and you're asking them to, you're expecting that level of production against a guy like Mahomes or. Mm -hmm. you know, Josh Allen or someone. So um, there is a little bit of grain of salt to take with with this news, but nevertheless, we are excited and we just like to see young, young players emerge. So um, next on the list was Asante Samuel Jr. So he's, he's kind of had an up and down camp so far. I I don't know if I would say up and down. Um, He's made some good plays and he's he's had flashes. He's had flashes. Yeah. Very flashy. Um I thought Staley's comments just kind of in regards to him like going into camp were were very interesting, especially after the first day um with a lot of the media sessions. He basically said like, hey, look, right now he's uh, he's in a reserve role like you know Jasir Taylor is gonna be the starter in the slot, but um you, you know jc coming back like he's He's getting the short end the end of the stick, basically. Like he's getting kind of pushed back down the the bench when it comes to the cornerback room. Um, but again, it's never a bad thing, you know. If if he's your two or your three, that that just shows the quality of depth that you have in that room. And um, made made an INT on Saturday. Saturday, that was the first interception makes, of camp, I sense. believe. Yeah, against Justin Herbert. So. Um, still, still out there being a ball hawk, still out there making plays. Um, he should have had another one, I believe against gosh, was it, was it shepherd that he like broke up should, should have been an interception, but he broke it up Yeah, I think the pick, it was- and then it fell back into shepherd's hands and he took it in for a touchdown. Yeah. that's So bad. that's unfortunate. That's kind of a, I don't know why, but why does that feel like such an Asante Samuel jr. Play? But it's like, had the pick, dropped the pick, something
1: terrible. Asante yeah. Samuel is like the most roller coaster corner I've ever seen. He'll, he'll like make an absolutely outstanding play one, one time and then just get absolutely lost in coverage and leave a dude 20 yards by himself downfield. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, that's just his, that's just his play style, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I,
0: I think what you said just recently, like flashy is like very, uh, or shows flashes. I think it's just a very great way to describe him as an overall player um i was just talking i was just asking you before we hopped on like are you surprised he didn't make the top 100 and you were like no like not yet and i was like okay because honestly like as flashy as he is like those are the things that you kind of remember so you know i I mean he had a hell of a performance against jacksonville in the playoffs but in the first
1: half yeah i mean yeah he's just everybody had a hell of a performance in the first half
0: (laughs) right for him to be more consistent, I think is kind of my expectations for him this season. You know, I don't need him to be a hero. I don't need him to be or to try to be the hero. Um, I just need him to be Asante and and go out and I think he will. You know, find find a role. I mean, it would not surprise me if he's a starter by week three or four.
1: Yeah. I so know. I I really wanted to bring that up with the Jaseer conversation, but I, I know. We were going to get to Asante. So, what are your thoughts on all that so far? I think I don't think we've seen enough reps yet to fully declare Jaseer being a better player than Asante. But clearly, on the depth chart, it seems that they favor Jasir as of right now. I, I know Asante really struggles tackling on the perimeter. Yeah. So, if that's something that Jaseer can definitely bring to the table, then or if, if Asante can just improve that aspect of his game, then I think for sure he's got an opportunity to be a starter on this team.
0: I think so. Um but like I said, I think it's just years to lose. So it just depends on if he loses it or not. Um and I've I've come to learn over my my past few years of fandom, like what they break at camp with is not the the final say. It's not rough draft. It's not set in stone. It's not permanent. It's always a rough draft. So um you know, I'm more concerned of who's going to be the starter week eight, nine, ten, eleven than I am like weeks one through five, to be honest with you. Um, in, in these certain situations, at least. So, um, I like I think competition breeds excellence.
1: Iron so, sharpens iron.
0: Iron, I, exactly. Like, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing for for these guys to go out and compete because either way, it's it's helping this team. You know. It, Either way, if, if someone gets bumped down, like that, you have one more guy that you trust um, to be out there and in certain moments, if a guy goes down or whatever. So uh, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, I do think, I do think, like, when it's all said and done, I think that's Asante's job just because I think you just need to have a guy like him out on the field. You know, he, he's a playmaker, he can impact games. Uh, in such a manner where it's just, you know, two, three interception games. It's like, that's, you just got to have that kind of talent out in the field. I, I think, um, nothing against just Taylor. He could be a, a mighty fine player, uh, and, and grow into, uh, to being a really good player. But right now, I think if Asante just takes this opportunity in camp to embrace the role, fully go all in and try to win that, um, I think it's his.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I've really, like we've mentioned, it feels like a broken record, but the flashes, the flashes that Asante showed, not even this past year, but, you know, his rookie year, I I can remember, like, the game in KC where he had that big interception for us. Just the the things that he's put out there, the good of Asante can be really, really good, but unfortunately there's a dark side to that, and it's, you know, blown coverage and missed tackles, so. Right, and that's... I think you roll with the upside on that one, but... I think so, too. And, you know, like like previously mentioned, another year in the same scheme, you're just going to get those wrinkles out even more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. So, another year, another big step for Asante as well. This will be year three for him. Um, staying on, in the defensive back room, but switching over to the, the safety position. Um, I don't... Need to spend a whole lot of time on Derwin.
1: Derwin is I Derwin. Don't really. I don't think we really need to say anything about right. Derwin. keep him in the top 100 here pretty soon. Um uh, he has wonder- had some nice plays in camp. I uh,
0: made a nice play on Keenan Allen in one v ones yesterday. Um that's kind of been like a training camp. It's starting to become a training camp tradition of Keenan and, and Derwin lining up one v one. Um and he he he, he got Keenan, so uh I think they've did more than one rep, but who um, who do you yeah. root
1: for in those situations? If you're seeing one V one Derwin versus Keenan, who are you rooting for?
0: I, those are always tough. Cause it's like, I, I was just thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, it's gotta be, I mean, I always think of the others. I don't know why my brain does that. If, if uh like we have an offensive player that burns defensive player, I'm like, like Oh great. Our offense, our, like, our defense
1: is <laughs> still. great. Awesome.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So there's, it, it it's a double edged sword but uh i mean i i th- i'd like to think you just you, you hope for like high quality competition
1: and hopefully... you just want to see some dope ass shit dude yeah I'll i just want to see your... some,
0: some playmaking and i mean it's i, I want to
1: see either a one hand catch or like yeah. a, a or a one hand pick or something you know but yeah i i think i'm honestly rooting for Keenan in those matchups just in where Keenan is in his career a lot of people you know, think that he's really on the slower end right now. So I'd love to see him win some reps against one of the best defensive players in the whole league. We know what, we know what Derwin is. We know what Derwin is. We don't got to worry about Derwin. Keenan's got more to prove at this point in his career. And yeah, I mean, if
0: he can, if he can make Derwin look silly, even in year 11 coming off injury issues, it's like, all right, you know, Keenan Keenan's he's fine. So yeah, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on Durwin, um, because the other guy that's make starting to make more and more headwaves over the last couple of days, and and has kind of had a nice start to camp is Alohi Gilman, Alohi uh, Crew. So he had an INT today. He picked off Justin Herbert. Uh, he also had a nice pass breakup last Thursday. He's been making plays in the run game. He's had some nice reads, um, according to to Popper and his his notes. So. Again, another young defensive back. Now, although he's not super young, I think he's going into his final year of his
1: rookie contract. So, is this going to be his fourth year then?
0: I, I think so,
1: dude. That's um, wild. I feel like, oh my god, that's crazy. Time time flies so much when you think about it in like terms of draft picks. It feels like Keenan's breakout year was last year. Like, dude, I remember Keenan's rookie year. I know. I remember the game against the Broncos when he hurdled that dude. Like, yes. And when we yeah, upset him on the, on the
0: when he—I think the Eagles was like his breakout game when we, yeah, beat Chip Kelly in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I remember that game. I yeah. Damn, time flies when you're having fun or blowing massive playoff leads. But either way, a <laughs> right. Louis Gilman that, into his fourth year is crazy to think about.
0: Look, this this was just a like this has kind of been a uh and uh, like a notes that I've taken all year on the on this team on this defense you know Nasir Adderley retiring I think shocked a lot of people this offseason and when that news broke I was kind of like damn like I don't like that because not not to discredit or anything against Alohi it was just uh, just solely thinking depth and mm-hmm you know, what, what Nasir could bring in, in those situations. But Alohi has, has come on over the last year. I think he was gaining steam at the end of this last year. Um, you know, he, he was getting reps. Nasir was really up and down at times, struggling. Um, so I think Alohi is, he's kind of been one of the, again, another project, if you will, um, on the defensive side. And he's finally, you know, after a couple years, in in the system he's finally starting to kind of emerge as a quality piece that uh, that you can put out there i mean he's gonna be a starter he's gonna be a starter on this defense um unless any moves are made from now until week one but i don't really see that happening but you never know
1: yeah so. the lowe the gilman story has been really really fun to kind of follow it- when he got drafted, you know, just a depth piece, got some rotational snaps. And then it felt like last year, especially like that pick against the Browns, um, just made some other really crucial plays down the stretch and big moments in some games. He's made some plays against Mahomes. Yeah, um, he he had that he had the game ceiling pick against the Chiefs in that game that we won at Arrowhead last year. Uh he really yeah. has been well, it'll be two years ago this fall. Yeah. When I say, okay, yeah, when, okay, my brain hasn't really switched to like when it's football season, then I'll say two years ago, but to me, that was still like last football, okay, whatever. But yeah, two (laughs) years ago, the pick against the Chiefs, like Aloe's really, really shown us some stuff on the field in big situations that I've loved to see. So him making plays in camp, I saw the video of his pick today over, I think it was Parham, that he just kind of jumped the route right in front of Parham, made a really nice play on the ball. Stuff like that is just, Stuff you love to see, man.
0: You just like to see things start to click for some of these guys, you know. And it takes might take a year or two, and you know, it's it first starts to click in camp. You know, this is where you know they they finally get to kind of like,
1: you know, make a you know their NFL like this is your like this is the NFL moment for a lot of these. Yeah,
0: and there's just there's no like there's not a lot of consequences to really kind of like deal with you know if you fuck up on a read it's like i mean yeah it's a bad it's, rep. A, teach-
1: it's a teaching moment though it's a teaching moment
0: it's not you know it's not like on sunday it when you the- beat.
1: yeah it doesn't affect the box score so
0: right so you know these are just good good reps and it, it also going back to guys like uh just here and, and dean leonard you know just glad to see them taking more steps mm-hmm. and you know being being quality players so um the linebackers, man, I really didn't have a whole lot.
1: I mean, I, I went back. I think. To sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off real quick, but I think you're missing a safety that we should probably talk about.
0: I so I have him down here, but I have a question. I don't really know what to now. say
1: about him either, but I think we yeah. should at least mention his name, JT Woods. JT Woods. Um, I, I, I mean, yes,
0: we we definitely should bring him up just because we haven't really talked about him, uh, so far, and you know, he's a guy that, you know. Hopefully is not a bust and, you know, hopefully can take a a big step forward in his second year. Um, he's not off to the best start in camp. He had a play. I can't remember what day it was, but I I remember reading something in, in poppers articles about, um, him taking a bad angle or, or something and, and basically getting beat. Um, which is, you know, again, teaching moment. That's why, you know, that's why you like, why you like camp, but it's also kind of, I mean, and again, it's so early. He could, he could break out anytime in camp and, you know, this could be a totally different conversation at some point in the near future. But um, all we can really go off of is, you know, his rookie season, which is not a lot um, and not the most encouraging. And, you know, I think the most, I, I think the most right now concerning thing for JT Woods is the fact that he is our backup safety. If anyone goes down. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. probably, I don't know. Raheem uh, Lane would Raheem probably see some yeah. maps. Raheem Lane, I'm sure would probably be above him on the depth chart, but I mean, it's safety depth is very concerning.
1: Yeah. Big concern. And I mean, just to be honest, I wanted to mention his name, but neither one of us know anything about JT woods. Cause we just haven't seen him on a football field. Really? Like we know what is, what his draft profile looked like, but we just say, yeah, didn't see any had. reps last year whatsoever. I don't even remember much camp film about him or him in the preseason whatsoever. It was pretty like, much
0: like, um, as soon as we draft, like he, he was the third round pick. So he's like a high profile pick, uh, But it seemed like, yeah, as soon as we drafted him and and rookie mini camps, like we didn't like he was like hidden from us, like like put on the shelf, like we didn't didn't hear about him in camp didn't like, you know, I don't know. It it just felt like he was all of a sudden MIA and
1: yeah, it felt like we never even got like a rookie deal done with him like he just hasn't existed.
0: So. so it's been a weird situation, but uh, I did have him down on the list, just so you know. I just had a big question mark next to him because I had no idea really what's put for him. And that's kind of how I am with the linebackers so far in camp. I mean, obviously, starting linebackers, you're looking at Eric Kendricks. Um, wait, Eric? Yeah, Eric. Why do I, dude, why do I, honestly, some days I'll be like, what, what's the other Kendricks? Michael.
1: Michael, dude, I know still... because I was because when you were mentioning the top 100, I was about to say Michael Kendricks. Yeah, I still am going back. Like, that's going to
0: be a tough one for me, man. Which is yeah. weird because
1: Michael Kendricks is not a very like notable player, but for some reason, everyone gets those names fucked up. So, yeah. So, uh, Eric
0: Kendricks, Eric Kendricks. I should know that by now. Um, so him, Diane Henley, and Kenneth Murray are your starting linebackers. Um, uh, just to preview this position group as a whole, um, it's a concern of mine, especially not only just depth, but I think there's a lot of unknown, like, you know, a rookie, Diane Henley, you know, what what level of play is he gonna come in and and be at? Um then there's the continuing Kenneth Murray saga. Uh like people wanna buy into the fact that he might turn it around in year four. Um, I think at this point we know what kind of player he is and who he is. So I'm not really expecting much there. I'm just kind of hoping he has a a serviceable year where it's like you're not terrible but you're not uh, amazing either you're just kind of like so-so and honestly at this point I would take that for one more year of Kenneth Murray and I don't know if he'll be in the league much longer I mean he could be but we'll see but he's definitely not gonna be a charger after this year so
1: yeah unless he somehow is like a second team all pro this year, just out of nowhere. But yeah, I linebacker is an area that we know Staley has really just disregarded in this defense. Well, really did until the drafting of Diane Henley and Eric Hendricks was does which does give me some hope that this unit can turn it around. But you know, you're looking at Eric Hendricks, who's well past his prime now. Well. I thought he was well past his prime, but if he's ranked on the NFL top 100 still, like he, I think he must he's have something like a, left
0: the tank. I think he's almost in the same boat as like Khalil Mack when we brought him in last year. Not
1: as big of a name, not as flashy. But I just don't want him. I don't want him to be like the next Thomas Davis, you know, like a, like, one of those so. vet, I, like one of those I veteran guys. I, I still think he's got some good
0: football in him. I Again, I think he's very, in my mind, he's kind of similar to the Khalil Mack signing last year in the sense that I think he's like, a year maybe two years off of his like prime like prime prime but he prime prime like, like no. not like he's he's we're like just off the prime prime of his career um but I still think he, we haven't gotten him like on vet vet status where it's like old man with a cane like oh
1: cool we signed like like an, like Antonio Gates retiring like
0: right yeah. like I don't think we're there yet either so I think he's got some good football uh left in between in between those stages. But um, yeah. So, I mean, like you said, linebackers, you know, that's not a priority. And I think the only reason Staley went out and addressed uh, the linebackers this year is because he had to, because he let everyone else leave in his first couple of years here. Like he let everyone walk out the door. Um, Kaiser white drew tranquil. I'm sure there's others I'm just forgetting, but those are the the big ones that stick out. Um, And so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, if you don't replenish it now, Kenneth Murray is going to be like your starting middle linebacker, like, and that's not good. So I think it was like they had to, um, they just had to get some new guys in. I mean, Diane Henley now is going to be, we're either going to grow to love or hate over the next four years. And same with some of these other you know, young guys that are kind of some of these position groups are just turning over. That's all it is, you know? Um, and so we got new guys coming in and we'll get familiar with them. We'll, we'll know them for the next three, four years. And then, you know, on their last year, we'll probably draft the replacement and it's just kind of rinse and repeat. And that that's at least kind of what I've come to know when it comes to, to, to Lesko and Dude, the draft be- and resign strategy.
1: At this point, all that I want in a linebacker is somebody who tackles well, just so we can stop the run game at least a little bit more than we have been able to in the past. And I, I think that I think that's especially what Eric Hendricks brings to the table, is just a really good pursuit tackler, just a sure-handed tackling kind of guy. And I really love the Diane Henley value of him in the third round. You know, I didn't I didn't know the name when we drafted him, but after, you know, doing some research, watching him a little bit, I I've really grown to like the pick. I think that he's a pretty NFL ready prospect, honestly. You know, he's got the he has the speed, he has the intangibles that you need to succeed at this level. So to say that he could break out this year, I think is a little bit bold, but I expect I expect a lot from Diane Henley coming up this year and the following years. And as for K nine, you know, just make some tackles for us at least, please.
0: There you go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that group fares um, just through camp and then especially once the season starts. So um, moving on to the defensive line, Joey Bosa said that he's gained 15 to 20 pounds of muscle back, Um, said he's back to the weight that he was playing at in the Gus Bradley scheme uh, when they switched to the 3-4 with Staley. That's when he dropped that you know, those 15, 20 pounds. And that's kind of what he's been playing at the last few years. So um, I think that's a good thing. Putting on another 20 pounds of muscle, show me the old Joey Bosa. I don't know who this, this uh, punk is. That's getting, that's having temper tantrums on the, on the sidelines and playoff games. I want the old dog Joey Bosa to come back and, and show up. So I, I think that's a good thing, man. Um, And uh, other note on him was just they had a 1v1 with uh, Foster Sorrell. Two reps, I believe. First rep, he dominated. Second rep, Sorrell kind of came back and redeemed himself. Um, so that's pretty much my only notes on Bosa so far in camp. Um, but honestly, another big year, I think, for him. Like, this is year what for Joey Bosa? Year seven? Like, he's getting up there. Um, um, maybe And seven. so, you know, I, I think... You know, he, he's got a lot of expectations with that with that contract that he's carrying and he's not too far off from signing that. So um he he needs a good good bounce back year this year and uh needs to really just kind of regain to his old form and I think that would solve a lot of issues for this defense. But um any notes you want to add
1: on on Bosa? He is going into his eighth year this year. Um no not necessarily I think as long as he's healthy which we weren't able to really see much of last year as long as he's healthy he's going to be a force to be reckoned with and you know I know we're going to trans transition right into Khalil Mack but especially with you know we talked all last season about what this two-headed monster is going to be you know who's going to double who and who's going to be able to break free on who and I think this is really going to be the first year you know bearing everyone stays healthy that we're really going to be able to see that so I'm just excited to see Joey Bosa this year as I was last year. It feels like every year during the off season, we get some kind of comment about how he's going to be, you know, a, a new animal and, you know, new big bear and all this stuff. And, you know, bearing any injuries, I, I fully believe him. And I think he's really going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. I'm glad, I'm glad you do because I'm more mixed on Bosa, but I, I really
0: think a lot of that in my mind just is clouded by uh, his injury last year and not, you know when it's not fresh it in your looks, mind, like it, it's not, what have you done for me lately? And it's like, Oh man, it's been forever since they've, but it you know. does feel
1: like it's been quite a few years since we've seen, you know, him put together a really, really nice like run in a season where, you know, he yeah. puts together five or so games where he's averaging like a sack or something per game. So if we can right, just right. get a little snippet of that big bear back and, you know, especially that help on the outside with the run game, especially is huge. So, yeah. Yeah. And
0: with Khalil Mack, I mean, he's he's made his presence felt already in camp. He had a sack on Friday against Sorel. Um, he had a great rush today um on Herbert. I think Popper called it one of his best rushes of camp so
1: far. Um it was on forest, it was on Rashawn Rashawn Slater as well, I believe.
0: Yeah, he's been working on Rashawn in one v ones. Um iron sharpens 11c. iron iron sharpens iron there. Um and then, so with some of these other defense alignment, I mean, there's not a lot out so far in camp. I'm sure we'll have plenty of content as as camp continues to roll on. But guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, um, Sebastian Joseph Day did beat Zion Johnson two out of three times in one v ones today, so that's noteworthy. Um, and Morgan Fox, he had a sack in uh, eleven on 11s today, so two of those guys continuing to be productive. I mean, Morgan Fox for me is one of my favorite signings and favorite players last year on this team. Uh, just because it was so unexpected and he's just come in and been, he's been such a baller. And, you know, it was this weird thing last year where sometimes the uh, the the backups that were forced into action were outperforming some of the starters production throughout the season. Yeah, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, what are we doing? Like when our back, like, should our backups be starters? Should our starters not be starter? Like, it's just this weird thing where you're like, okay, I'm glad that you're like, I, I'm I'm mad and glad that it took two guys to go down for you to get in and shine. Because I feel like that was Morgan Fox last year. It was just, you know, why weren't we, why weren't we playing this guy from the jump? Why did we have to wait for two guys to go down? For him to see regular reps, but um obviously Austin Johnson, uh Tito Tito Albania, you know, those guys are will be back at some point. They are on the pup list at the moment. But yeah, man, it's uh a lot and a little going
1: on so far
0: on the defensive line so far in camp.
1: And I think it's just it's hard to it's hard to really get a read on what a defensive line is gonna look like when they're in like a situation of, you know, you're not, you're not able to hit the quarterback right now. You're not, you're not able to, you're pretty much just like touching off on people. So I I think once, once you can get to those, you know, especially preseason games is when I'll really be able to evaluate defensive line when it's, you know, going up against another team and, you know, you're full contact all the way through. So, yeah, but. Dude, I'm excited. I I I'm gonna be honest, Morgan Fox is a name I've kind of forgotten about on this team just because you know he, it's been so long since we've really heard anything about them. Well, since football was being played, but arguably our best signing of last offseason, I would say. Well, I mean, you got Khalil for the pro- I would say for the price, for the value, probably our best value signing of last offseason for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, he's up there for, uh, for me as well and best signings last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of, you know, the the camp that he has and if he has a different role, if he has a bigger role this year, maybe he, you know, with like you know guys like Tito Agbania, Austin Johnson coming back, is he going to be lost in the depth chart or is he going to be, you know, in, in one of those roles where we see him quite a bit on the field? So that'll be something to pull out to we pull out to there you go uh he had one rush in 1v1 against uh zach bailey and i think bailey won but <clears throat> tuli got off to a great jump but bailey was able to kind of uh readjust and and seal him off so you know not much to report there either uh we'll have plenty more to kind of dissect and break down with with this position group as, as camp goes on. So for sure, Man, moving I've... forward though, to the offense real quick here. Um, so dude, the wide receiver battle, the wide receiver room has been so far, it, it's been so much fun just to be like, just to, to, to watch, to, to keep track of, and it's probably going to be the most, I mean, there's really not a. I mean, there's the wide receiver three battle. I think that that's the the highlight of that, that room right now in that competition, with Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnson. Um, but honestly, for me, it's the it's the wide receiver five battle that's that's really been entertaining and fun to to follow along with. I mean,
1: John Hightower, bro. Can we start there? Where the hell did this guy come from? I remember us name dropping him for about two seconds in a podcast back in like, I don't know when the hell that was, like October, when we just signed him to the practice squad. And now he's here. He's making plays, dude. Dude,
0: four touchdowns so far in camp already. Three of them coming yesterday. Three in one day. So... Uh, look, he's got four, four speed. He was a fifth round pick for the Eagles back in 2020. So the talent level is there, you know, fifth round pick four, four speed. Um, we picked him up. I want to say at some point around the point of the year last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, never broke the practice squad because for some insane reason, we didn't carry more than like five receivers for like the entire fucking year or something like that.
1: Yeah, and one of them is like Jason Moore and fucking like these dudes that go out there and just run routes for fun pretty much. So
0: and my with that speed had been nice last year at times. So it's no dude, it's no wonder why Herbert has gained some chemistry with him and why they're starting to gel because look, if you have that breakaway speed and you're able to stretch the field, Herbert has the arm to just throw it 10 yards out in front of you and be like, dude, go catch up to it. (laughs) Like, go get it. Like, and no one else is going to get it. Like, you know, it's, it's either you or um, it's just going to be an overthrown ball. Like who cares? Uh, But that's, that's what's so exciting about guys like Quentin Johnson, John Hightower, um, even Darius Davis. I'm excited to kind of see how he can get in the fold a little bit, but I think for now, like at least it's, it has to be, I know it's early, but I mean, without a doubt, You know, it's definitely right now the wide receiver five is John Hightower, barring any, you know, any crazy injury or just uh, misfortune. But yeah, and that's honestly, to me, that's been the surprise of camp so far.
1: Dude, for real. Um, get your John Hightower jerseys in the mail ASAP, ladies and gentlemen, could be a name to remember in the future. But the thing that I love most about this battle is regardless, this wide receiver five is gonna have some blazing speed. It's either gonna be Darius Davis, Jalen Guyton, or John Hightower. And, you know, speed in this offense aren't really two things that we've heard be said in the same sentence all too often these past few years. Definitely something that we've been needing to gain more of. And you know, we just had to Quentin Johnson, who was the FBS leader in yards after catch last year, along with his compadre and faster player, Darius Davis out of TCU. I, it's going to be nice to be able to see some, a lot more lateral shots this year. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And with Kellen Moore, I think we can expect to see that, you know, uh, Kellen Moore comes from the spread offense and, you know, a lot of what he said so far just in camp is like, Hey, we're going to spread this thing out. We're going to move guys around it's just one more thing for the defense to have to be accountable for, you know? Um, and th- this is a perfect transition for, for some of these guys, like Mike Dub. you know? Um, Mike Williams has been seen in the slot already so far in camp, which I'm super excited about. Uh, it's a new look. It's a new look, not only for other defenses, it's a new look for Chargers, Chargers fans. Like, we see that and we're like, what? Like, what is he doing in the slot? And I love it, man. It's, it's new, it's fresh. And it's just look like you have to try new things. And I think one of the most frustrating things about this offense last year and about Lombardi is just how basic this offense looked and was. And so I'm, I'm just excited that not only do we have the weapons in this wide receiver room, but we have, I feel the right guy calling the plays, um, from from the sidelines to to utilize 100%. the weapons so uh yeah mike dubb has been in the slot keenan allen he's made some great plays you know we've seen him go one-on-one against derwin james we've seen him make some great plays in 11 on 11s seven on seven um quentin Dude. johnson has just been the darling of maybe not maybe not even just chargers camp but maybe like Camp everywhere. I feel like I've seen so many of his highlights all over Twitter, dude. Uh, Not just from Chargers accounts, but from like NFL accounts. Like it's everywhere, man.
1: I gotta say, before I forget, I know we haven't even gotten to him yet, but that one handed Josh Palmer catch today, (sighs) I was nasty. I was, yeah, yeah. well, we'll get to him right after. I know, but I I didn't want to forget, so I had to say something. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was nasty. But, yeah, q j camp so far, you know, it looks like it looks like they're not shying away from using him like another Mike will. You know, I've seen him run some goal line fades, Mike will's signature, especially in arrowhead. Um, but, like, we've been seeing him do stuff like that. We've been seeing him just run crossers over the middle and turn on the burners. we've been we've been seeing him do so much different stuff. I almost feel like, this almost feels like the Chiefs offense with just so many different chess pieces and just kind of maneuvering them to just off-put a defense like Mike Will in the slot. Uh, just things like that I'm, I'm really, really excited for in this offense going forward. Yeah, Quentin Johnson,
0: man, I I think he's going to be wide receiver one by, by the end of the season. I really do. And how, how you define that, I don't know. I just think production-wise, he will have the – most production out of any other receiver in this group. Um, I I, I think that's how much Justin Herbert already loves him and is going to love him at times during the year, especially, I mean, it's just, it's so nice. It's so nice, man. Like looking back on draft night when I was in Kansas city at the draft, waiting for this pick to be called. um, No one really expected it, but, Immediately, not not even like a minute or two after, I just stood there like nodding my head, like yes, this makes sense. This makes sense. I love it. So um, super excited to see Quentin Johnson out one, there. Uh, one, quick then, I'll add,
1: one quick thing, one quick thing, a lot about QJ just real quick is it hasn't necessarily been all gold stars for him in camp though. Thus far, uh, there was a report he had some drop. He had some drops uh, earlier this year, which was obviously a really really big concern about him coming out of college was you know big body catcher in college and had some drop issues but you know i say that and then we've also seen highlights of him going up and high pointing the ball and pulling it down with two hands so as long as he can just make that a consistent thing i also expect massive things for him
0: yeah yeah i like this this receiving core if they can stay healthy is going to be lethal because then you bring in a guy. Now we can get to Josh Palmer, who has been the wide receiver three over the last couple of years, and he's never had to really like a bad season. He's he's he hasn't broken out out. Um, he's had some nice some nice games, some nice plays, some flashes. Um, but it also feels like in this offense, there's just not enough love to go around, and. But he's there, you know. He's he's a consistent quality player. I think in a in a different offense, he might have a bigger role. But I've I've always liked Josh Palmer. I'm excited that he's probably going to be our wide receiver four. I think that means really good things for this offense. If Josh Palmer is your wide receiver four, that.
1: You got some, you got a load, you got a loaded core. If you're wide receiver four is Josh Palmer, Right.
0: And I don't think there's any shame in him dropping to wide receiver four. I think, again, that's just a testament to how we've attacked this, this room over the last, or just this off season really. Um, and yeah, you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't out there in mini camp. You know, he was uh, still healing up from some stuff. So this is kind of the first action that we've seen. Um and look, like, competition, like we said, it's just so good. It's so good for this for this team. And that's competition on both sides of the ball, um, you know, with defensive backs, wide receivers. So I, I'm not mad about these guys going at it. And at the end of the day, someone's got to lose the battle. Someone's going to be wide receiver four. Someone's going to be wide receiver five. But I think the Chargers are, are, are winning. So that's – that's what you want
1: either way how it stacks up one two three four five six it's it's gonna be a pretty looking receiver room we're gonna have we're gonna have size we're gonna have speed we're gonna have agility we're gonna have quickness we're gonna have route running we're gonna have we're gonna have really everything that you can think of in that receiver room which is something that we have not been able to say in the past, so definitely looking forward to seeing you know who who gets what positions, especially going into like the first preseason games. Being able to watch those guys out there then is going to be really exciting. hundred percent, man. Uh, finishing it up with
0: the offensive line, I we also have running backs, but kind of like linebackers, that's a similar group where there just hasn't been a lot reported on it yet. Um, so I'm totally fine, which is kind of. Going over the offensive line and um, saving running back for another day when we have a little bit more to to talk about. So um, with the offensive line, I think so far the big, obviously the biggest news coming out of that position group um, is the mystery surrounding Trey Pipkins. Trey Pipkins on Saturday during individual drills tweaked something. That's air heard quotes. That, we've heard
1: that shit before
0: from brandon staley um would not disclose the full significance uh of of the injury so and still has not i should add so we still have no idea what's going on with trey pipkins other than he tweaked something and is day to day In brandon staley's terminology which
1: scares the living
0: shit out of me if i'm honest with you
1: Yeah. uh, Thank God. This is the time of year in which we can afford to hear, you know, tweak something and day to day and have a little bit of room to breathe. Uh, You know, I don't I personally just from what I've been able to see, I don't think it's anything long term. You know, he was still out there today, just no pads on, just going through drills. It's not like he's laid up in a hospital somewhere or can't put any weight on his legs. So it's nothing that I'm overly concerned about at this point. We just we don't have enough knowledge on it yet to really to really be able to either panic or feel a hundred percent safe about it. And
0: I mean, look, I, I want him to be back as soon as possible and ideally miss no time at all, but I'm a full, like over the, over the last few years, just as a fan, I think I've made the switch from, I don't care. I want him back as soon as possible. And it's just, I want him back. Like it's going to feel good to have him back versus I want like, the real 100% player back versus 70% of, you know, someone trying to rush back and just, just to say that they're back, you know, I think Trey Pipkins did that last year a little bit. um, And he dealt with that lingering knee issue for the majority of the year. It was kind of a on again, off again thing. And uh, this is totally unrelated. I think, I hope, Uh, we don't know for sure, but at this point, like, I'm glad they're being, uh, you know, cautionary and, and just being like, Hey, chill out. There's a lot of camp. I mean, I would even go like, I wouldn't even be upset if, if we get to like week one and he's like almost back, but not quite back. Um, but he might have to sit like the first game or two just to Fully regain, you know, 100% or close to 100%, I should say, status, then I'm all for that. Like, I don't think two or three weeks of not having Trey Pipkins out there um, totally fucks this team in, in any way. Like, I, I, ideally, you'd like to have him out there, but, um, you know, if, if it's just a, a, like, and that's, that's to me is like the worst case scenario, I hope, at least according to what it sounds like. You know, that could be like, maybe he misses a few, a little bit of time at the beginning of the season, but, um, like you said, rather that than, than anything, you know, more significant.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I just, you know, I, I hope we can get him back, but especially this time of year, precaution is everything. You know, we've already seen teams have some, have some players go down with some injuries already thus far in training camp. So. Just be cautious. I, I think Staley, Staley. we know, well, at least we thought we know he was like a very cautious person against injuries until he played Mike Williams week 18. But, you know, I, I think that his resume in the past speaks for himself that they're going to make sure that he's 100% before they get him back out there on the field.
0: I hope so, man. I hope he's out there soon, and I hope he's back to normal. So uh, other notable offensive linemen, so far in camp or Sean Slater, just good to hear his name, see him out there, see, see him go one-on-one with Khalil Mack and guys like that. Um, you know, they went back and forth in their reps. And again, like, I think that's the best example of, you know, like you said earlier, like what, what do you root for in those situations? Like, are you rooting for the wide receiver to burn your defensive back? Or are you rooting for your defensive back to shut down your wide receiver? Like, you know it's a uh, two two sides to it, I, but I, what I hope is I think you would like to see two guys just continue to go back and forth, you know, and it's not a, a total domination on one side, but it's just two guys getting good reps in at a high quality. And hey, look, you're gonna get beat, and you're gonna you're gonna win. So when it comes to guys like Cleel Mack and Rashawn Slater, like two alphas, two elites at their position, that's just that's high quality football right there. So I don't I don't think anyone's losing in those battles, even when they do lose a rep.
1: Yeah, I I think we can put we can put Rashawn Slater in the Derwin tier and just say Rashawn Slater is just being Rashawn Slater thus far in camp, and we can just leave it at that. Exactly. Uh, Zion Johnson, again, he lost two out of three reps to
0: Sebastian Joseph Day today in one v ones. So. Um, Look, he's moving from the the right to the left, but the left is his natural position. That's what he played in college. So um, there is some change there, but I I say change very lightly because he's going back to the position that he
1: played. I feel like, yeah, college. I feel like like two weeks in camp should be enough to you know get right. him back, get him back to performing at that. That right other side where he was. So
0: yeah, so uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting to see him have a climb throughout camp like yeah yeah you know, uh steadily he's gonna better, pro- better. He'll, he'll progress for sure just, i think so too uh corey lindsley i just have him down Corey lindsley not gonna talk much about corey him Linsley,
1: he, um yeah had a baby player he, he was had he a was baby good
0: for him days for, for uh, him. congratulations uh, to the lindsley's congrats on the sex um we get it you fuck <laughs> tamari sawyer uh, he's the last guy on this list, so this rounds out the uh Sargan five on the offensive line. Um, he was stout in one v ones today, uh, dude. He's still so fucking good. Does come with an asterisk just because he of who he faced. He faced Scott Matlock and uh Lang, who is the other. I can't think of his first name. I know,
1: I know who you're talking about, but I can't. Lang's a
0: rookie, and he uh Popper said that he fucking demolished Lang, but also won his rep against Matlock. So, um. Yeah, Sawyer's the fucking dog,
1: dude. Dude, I fucking love Jamari Sawyer. Like he—he's just—he's grown to become like one of my favorite players on that entire offensive line very quickly. Dude,
0: I—I I was there to see his NFL debut in Houston, and had my eyes basically glued on him the entire time, and hey, oh. every snap, I was like just nudging my dad. I'm like, that's that rookie. That's that fucking rookie. Um. Yeah, and so I'm I'm really excited to see him take another step forward this year. Especially and,
1: now now in his prime position.
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. So, so,
1: so big stuff coming for this offensive line, man. I think the
0: key is just health and you know, like
1: that's pretty much it yeah we'll, we, we'll <laughs> get to the that. we can talk about the depth in another episode because th- that would just be another yeah. well, that would just I be mean, another rabbit hole directly that,
0: tied into health because if you're healthy
1: I no worry. yeah exactly that's what i that's what i was referring to because that's a whole different conversation when it comes to the depth of our offensive line but hey as for right now everybody's healthy and let's just hope to god we can just keep it that way good vibes good juju prayer circle burn some sage over, over the hell
0: your chargers and memorabilia throughout camp constantly i, I need will to get some sage going i'll sacrifice my, my charger will, wall
1: i'll sacrifice my old darren sproles jersey in order to make sure we can stay safe this yeah darren sproles jersey that's legit dude it's let's uh darren sproles jersey and it's the afc anniversary jerseys
0: i wish i still had my uh drew breeze Navy jersey. That was the first jersey I ever had. It was a Drew Brees navy jersey, and I wore the shit out of it. I don't. I, I think the like all of the screen printed shit like fell off of it because I wore yeah, it so you much. You
1: just wore the shit out of it. It was just like some knockoff that wasn't even stitched. Up. Yeah, I
0: remember one time peeling like a large part of the number nine like off the back just because it was like falling off, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs>
1: I this. I'm just gonna rip this shit off so
0: but no that's awesome man that that's that's how you know you're an og if you have a darren sproles jersey that's why i need like one bro i
1: just wish it wasn't a fucking youth medium i wish i could still wear that yeah thing,
0: you, know? you need one just and i need to do this for like padres too but just one random like why would you ever have their jersey just well, to, have... <laughs> just to flaunt it in the right circle and something like are you fucking wearing a
1: Cameron yeah, Dicker, are a a M- you wearing a Cameron M- Dicker M- jersey? M-M-M-Huma jersey right now. Are you, is that Letegu Nane on your back? <laughs> for dude, for real. Like, dude, that's why I'm that's why I'm kind of that's why I'm really happy about my Cameron Dicker purchase still, even though he's not 15. Is that's that is solid, the most yeah. that's going to be the most obscure shit in like 10 years that people are going to be like, like, people are going to think that it's a customized jersey that says Dicker on the back. Yeah. And, and then I'm going to be like, nah, like, I'm not that like creative, God. but. That's
0: actually a guy.
1: He's he's legit. He's a thing. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he he's a thing. thing. He missed the Carrie Underwood concert to kick a game-winning field goal for us. He is my savior. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm oh, going to yeah, get a fucking uh, Brandon Oliver jersey. Dude, there's a there's a, a store here in Lincoln that sells like all old jerseys, and there's a Ryan Leaf old jersey oh. in there. I'm, I'm going to go buy it. Like 100% I'm going to go buy it. That'd be a good one.
0: Yeah. So. All right man. Well, I'm going to get out of here. We've uh we went 15 minutes over today. That's we had a lot to talk about. We were so, cooking. But hey, we covered pretty much the whole first week of camp so far and um you know, broke down every every position group and and just went down the line. So, covered a lot, man. Um we'll we'll be back here and a few more days with another episode. So more to cover, more to come. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin Appel, Miles Ruka here signing off. Bolt up.